Welcome back to the Peas Podcast, the show where we delve into the captivating world of Lytton local legends. I'm your host, Joan Pease, and I proudly serve as your State Member of Parliament for the seat of Lytton. In this podcast, we celebrate the rich tapestry of our community by highlighting the extraordinary stories, individuals, businesses who make Lytton the truly great place that it is to call home. From historic figures to contemporary heroes, we'll explore the diverse talents and remarkable achievements that have shaped and will continue to shape Lytton's identity. Each episode, we uncover untold tales and remarkable contributions of those who've had a positive impact on our Bayside. So in today's episode, I'm really thrilled to have a fascinating guest with us, a really true local legend, Tom Oliver. Tom is an Australian actor, singer, presenter and producer. He's played lead roles in every Australian state, New Zealand, Singapore, Dubai, Hong Kong and on international waters around the US, USA, Mexico, Caribbean, the Bahamas and most recently in Europe. He is a proud member of the Marsha Hines Band and his credits include Velvet, Rolling Thunder in Vietnam, Rent and A Day on the Green and of course our very successful gigs on the green but most importantly, Wynnum Fringe. His recording of I Go to Rio was used during the Rio Olympics national TV broadcast. So sit back, relax and join us as we embark on this exciting adventure of celebrating Lytton's local legends. Let's dive deep into history, inspiration and the stories that unite us as a community. Welcome back to the Peace Podcast. Morning, Tom. Well, good morning. What a lovely write-up you've done for me. Thank you very much. Well, you are a Lytton legend. I, well, that's very kind. You are also a Lytton legend, <laughs> I think. You're very kind and to say And you deserve that. your own episode on this, <laughs> and we should make that happen soon. But also your voice, I think it's a very good podcast voice. That's a, I, I didn't think about that until listening to you reading that out, that it's a very good voice for a for someone to be listening to on the train or the car or wherever they are today. Oh, well, I hope they enjoy it. But I think they'll much prefer enjoying hearing from you. Tom, how did you get into the arts? Well, it was actually at Iona College that I, I found my love of the arts. And um, up until grade 10, I was um, playing cricket in summer and rugby in winter. And I wanted to play cricket or rugby for Australia, depending on the time of year. And then In grade 10, me and my friends in the rugby team auditioned for the school musical, which was high school musical at the time. And uh, that was really cool and and, and new because high school musical had just come out um, at the cinemas and everyone thought that Zac Efron and Vanessa Hudgens Mm. were really cool people. So we all went along mainly to meet some chicks and have a bit of a laugh. But um, I, I flukishly got the lead role in mm. this um, musical, very, very uh, against all odds, like very much not an expected thing to happen. And then my whole world flipped. So at Iona there performing in that show, um, yeah, that introduced me to the arts. And then um, I, I I focused in more on, on drama and the sport slowly dropped away. And Amelia Keane was my drama teacher at the time and, and she was the director of that musical at Iona. So it was, yeah, 2007 or eight at Iona in Wynnum. Mm. 
Now, I actually saw that performance because my son was also in it. He was one of the... Um, Starring Wildcats. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it, was a great, it was great fun and wonderful opportunities for students involved in, in wanting to get into the arts. So it was good on you. Great start. Thank Crazy start. And so you've had a huge growth in your professional career. How did that all come about? Well, I'm still the same height that I have been for a few years, unfortunately, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, each year, um, career-wise, I've I've just I've I've been given some amazing opportunities, and and crazily, even even since COVID has begun, I've 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 had more opportunities, which which is different to a lot of people in the industry. So, I guess post Iona, um, I feel like I'm on my thirteenth gap year from Iona. I'm still <laughs> sort of making it up as I go, but um, I, I um I did a few shows at QPAC when I graduated school, and I was um. I then worked with Shake and Stir, a great Brisbane company, touring around to high schools with Shakespeare performances, building kind of experience in a few different local groups. And then uh, I would say that auditioning for The Voice and getting onto Kylie Minogue's team was a pretty big moment where I, I then was introduced to all these artists from other states that I hadn't met before. And I was in um, a big studio in Sydney in Fox Studios meeting and seeing a different side of the industry that I'd never been exposed to. And I think it was that point in around 2014 that I then just went for it. So I, I started auditioning for bigger shows. I, I then um, got cast in a show called Velvet, which played at Wynnum Fringe last year opposite Marsha Hines. And and I guess every person you meet, you're probably the same. You, you learn something new and then mm. you get introduced to someone new. And and it sort of happened pretty quickly from from when I was on Kylie's team on The Voice. So 2014 to 2023 has been a ride that I'm loving. It's amazing. So it's, you know, not that many years, nine years. I feel about 95 after the last <laughs> nine years. But, yeah, in theory, that's not a lot of time. And it's not easy to survive financially in the arts. So how have you managed that? Well, that's why I'm here today, Joan, just to um, just to start busking in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes and no. I mean, I've been really fortunate that I've got um, very supportive parents in, in mum and dad here in Wynnum. And um, when it all went crazy during COVID, I was... I was able to freeload at their place um, just down the road. So I, I've got very supportive parents. That being said, um, I've sort of never had money, so I don't really know what it's like to not have it because I, <laughs> I've always not had it. Mm. And I guess uh, that as an artist, it, when you, you're doing what you love and you're working with people constantly that are sort of of the same attitude as you, I don't know, it's just never really been that bigger stress. But yeah, it is compared to other industries, very unpredictable. In the last couple of years, flipping to being this business owner guy and and employing people and and producing shows and, and not being in them, there's real money at stake and, and that takes real expertise and real support, which we're very thankful mm. for from your friends. Thank you. Uh, so just on that, how have you managed? Like what's your business experience? Have, or do you draw on other people to mentor you? Well, yes, I, I draw on lots of different people. I've got uh, amazing mentors. I would say Marsha Hines and her manager, Peter Ricks, have been huge supporters and mentors mm -hmm. um, since I met them. And that was sort of when I when I started working with Marsha and, and I would I toured with her opposite her in a theatre show and then I, I got a, a spot in her band right at the point when she started touring at a day on the green with Casey and the Sunshine Band and Sister Sledge and the Village People. And I was just this, <laughs> I was just this paid audience member taking it all in. So it was around that time where I, I sort of, I started to see 
how Peter was managing Marsha and how these bigger shows were happening. Um, and then I realized that it was a real business and there's real risk, but also opportunities to be had. But my experience, yeah, I guess I've been managing myself as an artist all mm. this time and, 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 and being an artist is being a freelancer and, and mm. the sole director of some sort of operation. So you've got to manage your expenses and, and your income streams, um, but I would say since starting Win and Fringe, I've been thankful to get various bits of support from mentorship programs um, and just messing it all up and, and, and learning from the mistakes. I feel like just I, I've said to a few people recently, I haven't gone to university to study business, but I feel like the last four years of Win and Fringe have been my mm -hmm. degree because I've been dealing with real life problems mm -hmm. and, and real life solutions, which thankfully we're still around. So I think it's getting easier. Oh, look, it's been an amazing journey for you and all of the things that you've done. I, I'm just really impressed and I know how um, supported you are by your mum and dad and the community. You've done great um, work in our community, not only in supporting local artists, not just Bayside artists, but Queensland artists and other artists that really uh, struggled because of COVID. Mm. And it was just a concept and an idea that came about so congratulations on that. I, I think that um, one of the things that I sh didn't mention earlier was Tom is also the recipient of the Gold Matilda Award, which is a pretty amazing achievement. That's crazy. Uh, unfortunately, he was travelling in Europe, performing <laughs> in Europe when he um, was awarded the um, this wonderful uh, recognition of his contribution to the arts in Queensland. And I was there to present it to his mum and dad. So congratulations. What did that feel like for you? Thank you. Well, I guess it was very strange to be in Bath in England recording this video that was being played at the powerhouse to say thank you. And, I mean, it was also really beautiful that my parents could be there because they're the reason that I'm doing this. And, and if they didn't let me stay at their place during COVID when the pandemic hit, I wouldn't have been able to start winning Fringe. So that was nice. But, but the award itself was surprising. It was, I've always known of the gold Matilda. I've always known of people who have won the gold Matilda and I've always looked up to those people. So, so to be on the list with people like, um, Sue Benner and Margie Brownash and, um, the companies like Shake and Stir mm. and the Dead Puppet Society, I, I feel this whole sense of, I just, I'm so honored. I, I get a bit teary behind the eyes because I've always wanted to be like these people that have won this award. And now I'm on their list, obviously a huge way to go to get to the heights that they've achieved. But yeah, it was so nice. Mm. Well, congratulations. And I I was there on the night and the genuine um, sense of, you know, being proud of you and happy for you, you could it, you could feel it. Everyone was really thrilled that you were the recipient. <laughs> so congratulations. Wow. I, I did pay a lot of people that night to be <laughs> thankful <laughs> and clap loudly. <laughs> oh, you're just saying that. You underplay yourself. And, and I, I do want to go further into that. You talked about that, you know, these things have just happened and come your way. They actually haven't just happened. You know, you've worked really hard and provided some great leadership and concepts and put it down on paper to be able to be successful in applying for and receiving grants, government grants, mm. and also getting corporate sponsorship. So these things haven't only happened, they've happened because of you and your enthusiasm and your capacity to be able to deliver that. And I know that's probably awkward for you to hear that, but people 
gravitate towards you. You've got a strong working group of volunteers. So how mm. do you manage all your volunteers and get them up and going? Simple, I don't. Um, <laughs> no, that, that word capacity comes up a lot and I, um, I've i definitely learnt in the last, firstly, thank you for that very lovely write-up and I'm honoured. It, it still hasn't f- fully sunk in. I look back and I, and I write these grant applications with a few other people that help me and, and we look at the facts and we, we pitch our case and we say, we've spent million dollars, a few million dollars in the local economy, we've employed mm. hundreds of artists, um, we've had tens of thousands of attendees. So yeah, the data that we've captured and, and, and achieved is just mind boggling to think about. Mm. Uh, but yeah, in terms of managing everything, I'm, I'm definitely still not nailing it. And, um, but the fact that we now have this three year commitment from Arts Queensland with the Strategic Partnerships Fund is, is actually the next step in, I think, improving that process because uh, my pitch to them was, um, we're sort of, only able to plan six months at a time at the moment to really know where we are as a business. And I said, this is no healthy way to progress and, and hopefully create this beautiful asset for the Bayside in, in 2032 when the Olympics are around. So I still am not nailing it. And the word capacity comes up a lot. Like I'm still working most days of the week, I'm sure as you are, Mm. um, and trying to get my head around and get every task to the, to the finish line. But yeah, the community is a big part of, of this operation. Um, there are volunteers that, that we know of that, that put their hand up and say, I'll, I'll be an usher or I'll help out with the ticketing or I'll help out. There's those volunteers, but then there's, there's the hundreds or if not thousands of people who comment positively on Mm. social media, who come and stop you in the street and say, thanks for doing this thing. Mm. Or they just buy a ticket to the show. And I think, well, I mean, we're only here because of the community. If no one rocked up to the gigs or no one talked positively about it, we wouldn't do it. So I think, yes, I've been a part of it, but wow, we're only still here because um, for four years, the community is getting around it more and more. Mm. And again, you're underselling yourself, Tom. I mean, you actually take the community on the journey with you and all of that work in the background. And I would like to talk a little bit more about the grants and and all of that, but you, you obviously have a an ability to take people along on your journey, which is a really great <laughs> a leadership worry. skill. Yeah, <laughs> depends on where the journey's going. But it's actually a great story and you have embraced and engaged with so many different people within the community. It really is an amazing achievement. And I know that you've got people that you work with on a regular basis and, and I acknowledge those people as well. But to enable you to have your creative license to be able to go out and do the things that you love to do. And you have still been able to perform Mm. as well, which is pretty amazing, as well as getting this great event coming up. So we probably should talk a little bit about the upcoming Wynnum Fringe. Yeah. And um, as you can see, I'm I'm wearing my Wynnum Fringe. That's good. Got good colours today. Yes, we have. It's been a great achievement from 2019. Yeah, thank you. And then going onwards from there. So... What's been the highlight? Oh, wow. There's a lot of them, which is good to remember mm. <laughs> when it when it all seems too hard. Um, being on the hill at Iona um, when Ian Moss and Kate Miller-Heidke and Glenn Shorrock and Sarah McLeod and Luke Kennedy and all these great local artists were playing, that day for me is probably one of the highlights of my whole career because um, I'd never produced something like that before. It was at my old school. Father Michael generously donated the space for us to be there. 
the night before at about 4 p.m. on the Friday, um, the the COVID rules changed. So we were preparing to tell people that they had to sit down with masks on and they weren't allowed to dance. But then at 4 p.m. the day before, it all changed and they were. Mm. The weather was perfect. About 2,000 people came. The artists had an amazing time. They were getting employed for the first time in ages. It was just this perfect cocktail of all these things going right. Mm. So I would say um, rock the bay. But also more... I mean, the first win and fringe was the most miraculous because it was just this idea in my folks' spare bedroom in mm. in September, I think, and then we did it in November. So concept to opening night, two months. Well, it, it was just supposed to be a small thing in a laneway and then um, Margaret Vogt at Rain and Horn, Winter Manly jumped on board, Arts Queensland jumped on board and it became something way bigger than what was expected, mm. whatever, what I thought it was going to be. But we just sort of kept embracing the changes and the additions. And, yeah, I mean, the whole thing is is really um, probably a highlight. And within them, it, within the whole thing, there are lots of little things that we're constantly trying to improve. Mm. It has been an amazing journey. And the great thing is, is um, the amount of artists that have been employed, but the economic benefits to the community as well. So Arts Queensland, um, they know me very well because I'm constantly hounding them, (laughs) uh, are very great supporters of of the festival, as is Tourism and Events Queensland. Mm. So to be able to host an event that started during COVID to the hugely successful event it was last year and watch it grow year on year is pretty amazing. So congratulations on that. Thank you. It's been a great journey. And how many people have you come to – how many people attended the, the um, event last year? Last year we had 36,000. So oh, year great. one was 10,000, year two was 25,000, and year three was 36. We like threes, I think. We've gone from a three-day event to a three-week event in three years. But we're now going to start copy and pasting. We're not going to grow any bigger no. yet. But, look, there's lots of dreams and plans there, so – so are we going to see, what are we going to see in this year's uh, Fringe? Just heaps of great stuff. <laughs> We're going to see a very similar site to what we mm-hmm. saw last year. So we'll have a Spiegel tent again. We're going to have a couple of a new, a few new venues as well. I think we've now learnt what is expected at Wynnum Fringe. We need to have great headline artists come to town. We need to have great family shows for our demographics mm-hmm. um, because we have lots of young people in the Bayside. And then between that, we have weird and wonderful circus, drag, burlesque, um, comedy, cabaret performers to to really showcase how many great artists we have in, in Queensland. Mm. Oh, look, it's fantastic. It's I'm looking forward to it already. And um, you're working away uh, on getting some more sponsorship? We are. So thankfully now, um, because of our Great support from Arts Queensland. I've been able to employ Tracy Lucock as our partnerships manager. Very good. And Tracy started Celebrate for a Cause and mm. um, is an amazing marketer and salesperson and um, Bayside local. So Tracy's now um, working with me, thanks to Arts Queensland, to raise the corporate sponsorship and really build that family because until now I've sort of been juggling and wearing a lot of hats, but now Tracy gets to really work with the community to build the corporate sponsorship mm. because it's essential to close the gap in in the risk that we're taking. Um, and we're finding that every meeting someone new is, is keen to jump on board. So mm. it's not a hard sell. And I think that's what, when you were talking about me being essential to the process, I've been asked by a few local 
groups to work in their sales team because they think I'm a good salesperson, <laughs> but I'm actually not that good at selling things that I don't believe in. So, no. so I'm at this point now where Tracy also believes in in what mm. I believe in and she's working with me. So if you're listening and you want to sponsor or support the festival, Tracy at winandfringe.com is where you need to head. Uh, and then we're going to announce our program on the 26th of September. Oh, very exciting. Yeah, so um, we're actually gathering at RQ, Royal Queensland Yacht Squadron this year. Oh, fancy. It's going to feel a little bit fancy, our first sort of um, sophisticated operation in the launch department. So, yeah, 26th of September is when we're going to announce our program and then we've got six weeks to just hustle as many tickets through the door as we can and I hope everyone listening comes on that journey. Yes, so what... um is there going to be anything similar to what you did last year? Will you will you do your walk at the beginning? Yes, yes. So we've got the opening ceremony tradition. We can't we can't not do that. That's a huge part of what we do. And and Cameron Costello and Gillian Jacobs are working with me at the moment to prepare Yana Marumba for this year. Very good. Uh, we'll also have the First Nations tent again. Um, where we'll have um, lots of different Kondamuka artwork and, and hopefully this year some elders um, hanging out in the tent just to have a, a casual yarn with whoever mm. wants to learn something. Um, and then we'll have our, our rides, we'll have our outdoor bar, we'll have um, some acts that you may know from last year and some some new exciting ones. I can't wait to share. It's it's a really exciting program that's Oh, that's you can't give us a little shape. taster. I can oh, give no. you many tastes. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you the whole thing right now if you want. <laughs> so where do people need to go to keep an eye and subscribe on oh, yeah. about what's happening with Fringe? Yes. So all our social media channels are just called Wynnum Fringe, um, Facebook and Instagram, YouTube, and we've also got our website, which is where we update. You can also subscribe to our um email database, which we send out regular updates. Not as mm. popular as Joan Pease's newsletter, but we're getting there. Uh, so winandfringe.com is where you can find all that. Tell me a little bit about um, Gigs on the Green. Yes. That's great. That's going great, Guns. Um, so our new councillor, Sarah Whitmy, has sponsored that. So That's correct. That's yeah, yeah. Councillor Whitmy and also Adelita Wine Bar mm, down there. Adelita on, Wine Bar, yeah. beautiful spot. Oh, delicious goodness in that place. So that's a monthly gig that we do in my little caravan stage called Miles the Caravan Stage. Mm-hmm. And each month we gather on the second Sunday of the month in Green Park in Wynnum and that employs an artist to play. A couple of food trucks come down and it's a free opportunity for the community mm-hmm. to come together. And that started in Tingalpa with Councillor Atwood uh, about a year and a half ago. And it it's just grown and grown. And we're, we're hoping to do it in other um, places around Brisbane and Queensland soon too, where it, the community comes together, they catch up with their neighbour or their friend or their family member and they basically don't need to organise anything on a weekend because they mm. can just rock up at this thing. It is beautiful. It's a lovely afternoon and it's a family-friendly event. Families come down. Last one was beautiful. There were lots of families at the park playing in the park while the mm. mums and dad could listen to some great music mm. and uh, grab something to eat. So, so simple. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. And it's, you know, it's in the nice part of the afternoon. So it mm. was congratulations. It's been really successful. Thanks. Well, I'm really pleased at it. You've been supporting it too. Don't forget mm. that. You and I have been talking about that idea for a while now. So yes, you've been no. a big part of that. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Um, I would love uh, a cup of tea if anyone out there is going <laughs> to deliver some to either Street Wynnum today. Uh, no, thanks. I mean, okay. it's worth tabling how crucial Joan has been to the success of Wynnum Fringe. It's it's no small feat and it needs lots of people to know about it. And I, I would say that every um, member of parliament in Queensland <laughs> would know 
the words Wynnum Fringe because Joan mentions it every time she's in the building. But also locally, I think it's just worth tabling how crucial Joan has been for Wynnum Fringe and the success. So thank you very oh, much. very kind. Thank you. And it's been an honour getting to see this up and going and, and, you know, it's so good for our community. What I believe it's done, it's brought our community closer together. Mm. What I heard a lot of feedback about the Wynnum Fringe uh, last year was that it was a bit like going back to Expo 88. Now, there's a lot of people, were you even born in 88? No, was, you were I not. I was negative four. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But it was that vibe. It was good fun. People went out. They enjoyed the area, came down, had a wander through the garden and then went elsewhere. And that's What's lovely, uh, the Waterloo Bay Leisure Centre got involved, all the volunteers, mm. the other venues, the shed down the back, those sorts of opportunities for people in, in our Bayside area to come and socialise and have great entertainment close to home mm. is beautiful. Mm. And you see regular faces and it's like a big old catch-up. It's it like a big old BNS ball. And we never have any complaints from the neighbours. So if you're listening, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're very optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> no, they actually have. That, that no, community has been very have been great. Yeah, yeah. And that's part of the journey too is, is talking to the neighbours, letting them know what to expect. And you've been very good at doing that. So yeah, well done. Yeah, no, thank you. And thanks for helping in that department. And, yeah, you're right. It's a big community shindig and if anyone's listening in there, they've, they're looking for something fun at the end of the year. We're on from the 15th of November till the 3rd of December this well, year. That's a very good point. We haven't spoken about the date yet. Yeah, Wednesday to Thursday, Wednesday to Sunday for three weeks. I'm looking forward to it. It's already in my diary. Excellent. Now, I know that Arts Queensland have been really happy to sponsor you and they've given you the three years. So they've been there with you right from the beginning. Even that first year, they mm. gave you some funding. So I really want to acknowledge their work. Crazy. And, and Minister Leanne Enoch for her support and mm. uh, Chris Verdon, who used to work with her, I yes. know. Great supporter as well. So congratulations, yep. Tom. Thank you. What I do need to finish up now, I think I've taken up enough of this young man's time. He's got a lot of things that he needs to be doing. He ha How many months till the festival starts? There's only 81 days. Oops, it's even less than before the school break up. Yeah. So you get to work. <laughs> no stress. So thank you for joining us on this captivating journey uh, through Lytton's Local Legends. I hope you've enjoyed our insightful conversation with our local legend, Tom Oliver. Uh, we've gained lots of understanding about what makes Tom tick, what makes him passionate about the arts and the vital role that he's playing in shaping the performing arts scene right here in the Bayside. So thank you for that. So if you've loved this episode, make sure you subscribe to the Peace Podcast so you never miss the opportunity to discover more captivating stories of the extraordinary individuals who have made Lytton the vibrant place it is today. We'd love to hear your feedback and suggestions for future episodes, so please feel free to reach out to us on social media or through my website. And remember, it's your engagement through the podcast that keeps this podcast alive and thriving. Join us next time as we continue on our mission of celebrating the unsung heroes, the trailblazers, and to hear the fascinating stories that make Lytton the truly fabulous place that it is to call home. Until then, stay curious, stay inspired and keep celebrating the legends in our Bayside. This is Joan Pease, your host, signing off.